guys, everyone, and thank you for checking out another episode of Mark G. Richardson's hit podcast series, Remodeling Mastery. This series is brought to you by Surefire Local. I'm so glad you've tuned into this particular episode because today Mark is going to talk through the 10 biggest mistakes and how to avoid them in 2018. Over to you, Mark. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's produced by Surefire Local, a digital marketing group, as well as supported by Professional Remodeler Magazine and the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, NARI. What I try to do week after week is I take different topics, topics that I'm seeing out there in the marketplace that are really relevant, relevant to you to improve, but also relevant in terms of keeping your ear to the ground and knowing what's happening, certainly in the industry. Some of these topics are at a higher level in terms of more food for thought or things to reflect on, and some of them tend to be a little bit more tactical. I would encourage you, rather than just spot listening to these, actually subscribe to this podcast series, and you'll find by being fed these things on a regular basis, it really will help to create a pattern and discipline to really keep you focused on the right things. Today's topic that I want to get into is going to be focusing on mistakes and how to avoid what I'm seeing the top mistakes for your business in 2018. Now, as you think about the subject of mistakes a little bit more philosophically, in many ways, your success or failure is not necessarily a matter of when you hit the home run or got the wins, but it's avoiding the mistakes. Avoiding, for example, those projects that you shouldn't have done that ultimately you ended up losing money on. Avoiding the clients that ended up becoming problematic, I think, for you in your business. So as you can think about this, there's many examples as it relates to other aspects of business. For example, a professional baseball player, 8 out of 10 times, if they get out, they're cut off the team. 3 out of 10 times they get on base, they're actually put in the all-star team. So it's all about avoiding mistakes, avoiding the potholes, avoiding the pitfalls, and I think you can be more successful. So what I've tried to do, uh, as I've listened to some of the better companies out there, certainly, and certainly experienced it more personally, I've come up with a list of 10 that I think are really critical for you to be able to reflect and think about. Now, you can look at these as a checklist. For those of you listening to this podcast for the first time, you may want to jot down these 10 as I'm going through it, or just re-listen to them and kind of give yourself a score as it relates to the different ones. And if you can just avoid these mistakes, you're going to see a level of success in 2018 that's so much greater. The first one I want to talk about is about planning. You know, Ben Franklin said, if you fail to plan, plan to fail. Now, that might be a little bit of just play on words, and certainly we bumble along in things and we have some degree of success. But by not having a plan, you're actually increasing the risk for you, the risk for your business, and certainly for your clients as well. Think about this as it relates to projects. What would that kitchen remodel, what would that addition, what would that basement remodel look like if you didn't have some resemblance of a plan? 
Now, as you think about not having a plan, you're not alone. I would say about 90% of the businesses out there, especially the smaller businesses, don't actually have a plan for 2018. They have projects, they have leads, they have opportunities, but they don't have, have a plan. So the first thing you need to do is you need to write it down. If you don't have it written down, it's more of a fantasy. So in writing the plan down, highlight where is it that you're heading, your vision, what's your mission, what do you care about, and then actually start to put together targets and start to literally sketch out what that year might look like. This plan certainly needs to include the budget, but it also needs to primarily include what are the top priorities for the year. I'm a big believer of coming up with three top priorities and then having subsets of secondary priorities and then focusing just on the first quarter of the game. Just like in a football game, that first quarter, that second quarter is looked at as an isolated quarter and then midway through the year you adjust the plan accordingly. The second mistake I see out there is not really listening. Many, many years ago, uh, I was on an Anderson Advisory Council that was actually put together by the present CEO, Jay Lunn, of Anderson Windows. This particular advisory council was made up of some of the top remodelers, and they had a theme. And one of the themes that they had for the council was listen, learn, and respond. And I really love that kind of pattern, that process of listening, learning, and respond. But it all started with the listening. It all started with putting your ear to the ground. And putting your ear to the ground, the first thing you need to look at as you're listening is look at the broader kind of environment. You've got to look at your clients. You've got to look at kind of the, the home appreciation, the interest rates, the stock market. The reality is in 2018, I think from an environment point of view, we have a huge tailwind, but that doesn't make it easy. So listen to those subtleties that are going out on there. You also have to listen to your clients themselves. You know, I heard a friend of mine said, you know, when, the, when Google was asked, what is your strategic plan for the next five years? They said, you know, we don't really quite think about it that way. We just listen to what our clients are pissed off about and try to react and plan accordingly. Now, you need to listen to what the clients are saying, what they're doing, how they're buying differently. Listen very carefully. And then also listen to your team. You know, I think it's so important, as my friend Scott Mosby said, listen to the dissident voices within your organization. They're usually the ones, the ones that aren't necessarily agreeing with you, are usually the ones that are going to give you better insights. The number three mistake uh, I see within businesses today is that they're not focusing enough time and energy on the people. You know, in my book, Fit to Grow, one of the themes of that book is people are your greatest assets. You know, asset is an investment. Asset is something you need to work on getting a return. You know, how much time and energy are you as a leader or whoever's listening to this podcast investing in the people, investing in the top people in the company? I know within my organization, I invested probably 50% of my time focused on the development and the growth and the coaching and the support of the people. 
If you can focus on the people, the people are going to push you forward and you can take your game. If you don't focus on the people, just like as a parent, if you don't focus on the children, chances are the challenges that they can run into are so much greater. In 2010, I actually assembled a group together of 14 companies, top companies, and I asked them as they came into the recession, how many of you have cut back on people development and on training? Of these 14 companies, 10 of them said they cut back as a result of the recession, and four of them increased the amount of time and energy that they put in training. What was interesting is a follow-up question. I said, how many of you in the last 12 months have grown your business versus had the business shrink? What was really incredible in terms of the answers that they gave, the four companies that increased the time and energy into training actually grew their business in that period of time, even during recessionary times, and the 10 that pulled back on training all shrunk down and followed the tide of what was happening in the marketplace. So one big mistake again, number three, is not focusing on the talent, the asset in the business. Number four also relates to people, and that is losing the talent. If you really think about that about your, your business like a sports team, you know, if you just lose one of the franchise players, if you lose one of those rookies of the year, one of those folks that will in fact be your future, you know, you're gonna dramatically change the overall health and success of the business. Winning is oftentimes only by inches, and having the talent in your business and retaining the talent in your business holistically, but also those real top producers is really critical. So one of the mistakes I see happening out there is not making attrition a top priority within your business. When you think about the level of investment that goes into people, hiring, recruiting, finding, training, the development, the learning curve, oftentimes you're spending twenty-five dollars to $75,000 per person bringing someone aboard. That's the kind of loss if you lose the talent. So one mistake is losing that talent. So you need to focus, I think, as a priority on the attrition and keeping the people, whether it's involved in the culture, compensation, or one-on-one -on -one development. Number five, and certainly not the least, and this could have been the first one mistake I see, is really not knowing your numbers. Now, this sounds, I think, to some of the more sophisticated business, even the average to above average business, a little bit condescending for me to say it's important for you to eat your vegetables and know your numbers. You know, the best way I think about this is think about driving a car. Think about that dashboard on a car. Imagine for the minute if those three of those gauges weren't working. You'd be driving blind. How does it make you feel if you don't know the numbers, if you don't know what those gauges tell you? So what I encourage in terms of the process of knowing your numbers, number one, you need to know your numbers, learn the numbers, try to make it fun to know the numbers, but also what you need to do is isolate just three at the beginning. So in the case of a car, it's obviously the speedometer, it's the fuel gauge, and the temperature gauge. Those are the three key numbers. Now, as you have more experience, as you have a more sophisticated vehicle, as you have a more sophisticated business, you can then expand those into other information that gives you more efficiency with 
uh, gauges such as the uh, as the tachometer and other things. Now, again, getting off kind of the car metaphor for a minute here and talking a little bit more about your business. So what are a couple of those key things? There are probably three to five key numbers that you need to literally know, not write down, not go to a report, but know if I were to ask you, you should be able to tell me where you stand on each one of these. And each one of these probably have multiple layers of depth underneath each one. The first number you need to know is obviously the overhead in your business. What's the cost of overhead? What's your nut, so to speak, in the business? The second is what's your gross profit that you're generating in the business? The gross profit obviously pays for the overhead, but it's also the gap between that as well as your cost that allow you to determine the profitability. Another key number is knowing your sales. Another key number is knowing your lead flow coming into the business. Now, if you add up all these numbers that are key metrics in your business, what you're going to find is profit is just an outcome. It's just the, the product of these other numbers. Now, as you get a little bit more depth in the business, as you have a higher degree of understanding of the numbers, then go into average ticket size and go into more specifically close rate on sales, go into NSLI on the efficiencies of the leads and the returns in your marketing. If you can do those kind of things, start with the basics, then move down, then I think you're going to be more successful. But if you don't know your numbers, you really are flying blind. Number six mistake that I see with businesses, and this happens to be the big ones and the small ones, so it's not just isolated on any particular scale of business, and that is what I call chasing the shiny objects. You need to think about your business as like a target that you're shooting an arrow at. You need to know what that center bullseye is. That center bullseye is what your competencies are. It's what the projects that you do well and most profitable. It's the ideal client and the demographic. Chasing the shiny objects oftentimes are opportunities that are out there that are surrounding this target that you as an entrepreneur really want to get out and chase. Now, I'm not advocating that you're a stick in the mud and you never chase a shiny object, but I am advocating that one mistake in business is spending too much time and energy doing on the innovative kind of experimental things rather than on just the core business. So it's really important that you really spend the right amount of time on it. My recommendation on chasing the shiny objects, don't spend any more than 10 or 15% of your time on these innovative, diverse things and have the bulk of your time, 80% of it at least, focused on the core business. Number seven mistake, today more than ever, is not changing. And it's not changing quickly. You know, a friend of mine said, if a business is not changing, it'll become irrelevant. And I really do believe that. But what's interesting in our industry is the speed of change today is so much faster than it was in the past. Back in the early 80s, when I got involved in the remodeling industry, we had about a 10-year cycle to get ready for things that were adjusting and changing in terms of new products, new marketing, new medias, all those kind of things. In the 90s, we had about five or six years to adjust and change. 
2000, 2010, we had about three to five years. Well, today we have about one to two years to adjust and change. So the, the speed at which things are happening. So that means that you have got to make change an integral part of your thinking. Otherwise, you're going to fall short. Think about this, how quickly, for example, we've seen changes in the taxi business with Uber or changes in the retail business with Amazon. These things are happening very, very quickly. And if you're not adjusting and changing fast enough, then you're going to fall short. Number eight uh, mistake that I see out there is businesses are generally moving either too fast or too slow. You know, I talk about the cadence of growth in a business quite a bit. And what you want to do in these normalized times, which we're in right now, is you think about the level of growth for a mature business. Ideally, you want to be in that 10 to 20% growth year over year. If you're only growing a little bit about 0 to 5%, you're probably going to fall short. 5 to 10% is okay, but you may leave leave behind some of the key individuals that want to grow more aggressively. If you're growing at 25, 30, 35% growth, then you're in kind of the, the extreme risk zone. That's like driving a car at like 80, 90 miles an hour. You can do it and it's exhilarating to grow that fast, but you might be going too fast. So find the right kind of pace and cadence for growth. As I said, a good rule of thumb for me purely is a check because there's a lot of different specific issues here that you need to look at more carefully is somewhere between 10 and 20% is a good level of growth in your business. Number nine, as you're thinking about initiatives and projects and new things that you're trying to do and activities that you're trying to really improve upon is not having a champion to really carry that initiative forward. A lot of times businesses fail and the mistake is made, not because it wasn't a great idea, not because the market conditions weren't right. It's because you don't have the right kind of leader and champion to carry forward on a new project or idea or division or initiative. I would say before you launch any new initiative in your business, don't just add in layer on to what you're trying to do. Actually give some accountability ownership to someone that you think can literally take this forward and be a champion and your likelihood of success is really so much greater. My number 10 mistake is what I call not acting. There's so many things that have been been written about kind of philosophically about the road to hell is paved by good intentions, you know, actions uh, without uh, the activities related to it are just not worth anything. Success is a verb, not a noun. So there's been so many things that have been written about this subject, but not acting on things is really, really critical. You know, those actions need to be focused on on oftentimes the little acts that are inching it forward and then validating those to make sure that this is in fact what you wanna what you wanna have happen. You know, someone said to me years ago as it related to our business, you know, Mark, you guys are really out there making it happen. And I really thought about those words and I was certainly appreciative of that compliment 
And then he said, no, 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 no. I think there's those folks out there that are waiting for it to happen. There's folks that are like a deer in headlights that wonder what happened. And then there's a group of individuals and companies that put their stake in the sand and get out and make it happen. Your success is what you do. It's on the actions, not the ideas. So one mistake I would say that I see out there in businesses is not acting and certainly not acting quickly enough. So how do you avoid, I think, some of these mistakes? In summary, I'm going to give you just five little quick tips. The first is you got to spend time thinking. Now, again, this sounds a little bit patronizing to say to smart people, think. Of course you think. Now, you have to have proactive thinking. You have to have deep thought. You have to really reflect on the things that I've talked about and literally tell yourself, how do I avoid making these or any one of these 10 mistakes? The second is try to focus on the mistake not happening, not necessarily the home runs. See, I think we have a tendency as adults is to focus on getting better at what we're good at rather than focusing on what we're weak at. We don't know, for example, what area of the business we really need a tutor on. We just want to push ahead of what we're passionate about. Number three kind of tip would be listening to others. You know, listening to others is so important because what happens if you talk to five advisors about a particular idea. And if all five say they're a bad idea, then you should either squelch the idea or go back and revisit it. If all five say it's a good idea, then you should probably forge ahead with some confidence. If on the other hand, it's split 50-50, that just means you have more homework to do before you put the calories in. So listen to others. Number four tip is investing time. You know, investing time into not making mistakes, I think, is one of the ways you don't make mistakes. And number five, I heard this adage from uh, a board that I sit on recently. I really enjoy it. And that is, as you move into 2018, you want to think big, think big. But you want to start small, but then you want to act fast. And I think that this really hits on all the key things that I've been talking about today that you should be considering and thinking about. So again, I want to thank everybody for joining me today. I want to thank those from Nary and Professional Remodeler for supporting this podcast, as well as I want to encourage you, if you like these kind of themes, ideas, go and subscribe to this podcast series. Don't just wait for it to come to you. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. For those listening, you just heard episode 83 of Mark G. Richardson's Popular Remodeling Mastery Series brought to you by Surefire Local. Now, if you've been listening to this series on and off for a while now, I encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to Remodeling Mastery on your favorite podcast app. That way, you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released and can check out his past episodes. Again, thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us. Have a great day.